welcome to episode six of the Royal Meteorological Society podcast. I'm Richard. I'm the digital guy here at the Society. Hi, I'm Liz Bentley, Chief Executive here at the Society. And I'm Chloe Moore, Head of Partnerships here at the Society. So we thought we'd throw together a quick podcast to talk about the impending weather event, uh, the beast from the east apparently that's uh, on horizon. So I'll leave it to you guys to discuss. So we've seen in the papers there's going to be the cold event, wintry weather, beast from the east, as Richard said, and it's all to do with a sudden stratospheric warming event. So what exactly is this event? Well, I guess it, it is what it says on the tin. It's a, it's a rapid increase in warming that happens in the stratosphere, and the stratosphere is way above our heads. It's 30 kilometres up above the poles. Well, it's above us generally, but above the poles, it's very cold at this time of year. Temperatures are down to about minus 80, minus 90 degrees. Very solid, cold air. But we get these kind of wobbles that happen from time to time, and that temperature can increase by 50 degrees in a very short space of time, hence that sudden warming that we talk about. And that then has an impact on what happens at the surface here at ground level. And what tends to happen when we have a sudden stratospheric warming is that we get high pressure building at the surface. And depending where that high pressure is, quite often that will lead to cold easterly winds being drawn in. And that's likely to happen on this occasion across the UK, where we bring that Siberian air, very cold conditions across the continent, which is also very cold. Gets slightly modified as it comes across the North Sea, but still very cold conditions. And that so we get that warming in the stratosphere that leads to that cold conditions at ground level. And you have the wobble that starts sort of over the Arctic region and then these waves propagate down through the atmosphere and they reach the jet stream. And we often see in the forecasts on television, whenever there's a big weather event on the way, the main driver of our weather here in the UK is the jet stream. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the jet stream's being pushed further south. Yeah, that's right. So, so you get these waves that propagate up through the atmosphere and it's like a wave on a beach. It kind of breaks as it gets to the top and that causes this wobble in the stratosphere. And that wobble changes the wind direction in, in the stratosphere. So normally the winds are travelling round the poles west to east and actually it can change that direction so they go in the reverse direction and that works its way back down through the atmosphere. It takes time to do that. Um, and that then causes changes in, in the conditions in the troposphere. So as you say, the jet stream gets shifted further south. It tends to be weakened. And the jet stream typically will be associated with low-pressure systems, bands of wind and rain that tend to come in off the Atlantic and, and affect the UK, bringing, I guess, more milder, wetter conditions during the winter. If that moves further south, high pressure can build, and that then brings the, the cooler, cold, dry conditions that we tend to um, associate with, with very cold winters. And that's what's going to happen with this particular scenario. It looks like that's what's going to happen. High pressure is going to build over Scandinavia. The winds will move round that in a, an in a clockwise direction, drawing in very cold air from Siberia. And that, that causes the temperatures to really drop at the surface. And the issue is with these high pressure systems, when the jet stream is going south, the high pressure systems can remain in place for days, weeks. So this cold spell could actually be quite prolonged. Yeah, that's right. It's called a blocking high and it can sit there for a long time and it might move subtly from place to place, but generally it will stay in position. That jet stream will be pushed further south. So all the weather, the, the milder, wetter conditions are, are either um, pushed further south across Europe 
southern Europe, and we tend to get the much drier conditions as that high pressure dominates. And as you say, that can last sometimes 10 to 15 days. And that looks quite likely, again, with this situation, we're going to get a prolonged cold spell. And it's called sudden stratospheric warming, but it's associated with cold weather. So Mm. what's the warming part that's taking place? So we talked about this wobble that happens in the stratosphere, which can sometimes change the direction of the wind from being a westerly to an easterly. And what then tends to happen is it draws in lots more air from above. So we we get masses of air coming into the stratosphere, and it's that compression of the air that leads to the heating. So there isn't a physical heating from, say, sunlight or some some heat source. It's actually because there's more air being compressed into a small space that gives that heating. And as I say, temperatures can rise by 50 degrees in the space of just 24 hours, a really short space of time, hence this sudden stratospheric warming. And it's a condition that we've we've known about for a little while, but it's actually helped us to really improve our winter forecasting skill because it gives us... um, I guess, an understanding of what's likely to change at the surface well in advance, days, sometimes a couple of weeks in advance. Once you see this sudden stratospheric warming taking place, it takes a little while for everything to perturbate down to the surface for this high pressure to build. So you can get a good feel of what's likely to happen you know, a little while in the future, which can really help the skill of our seasonal forecasting. And when we do see this signal of the sudden stratospheric warming events, how likely is it that it does result in the cold, wintry, snowy weather here in the UK? Yeah, it's usually a very good signal. So about two thirds, maybe maybe 70% of the time um, when we see sudden stratospheric warming, particularly a strong event, it tends to lead to these high pressure systems, these blocking systems that happen at the surface. And then it's really dependent on where the position of the high is. And if it is over somewhere like Scandinavia, you get that flow of very cold air from Siberia across the continent towards the UK being drawn across in that easterly direction. If the high is slightly positioned you know, further, further west or further east, then obviously the, the strength of that easterly pull can differ. But quite often you do get that blocking high. So it is a really good signal that the weather patterns are going to change, that jet stream is going to weaken and move south, and we're going to see high pressure building. So when was the last time we were affected by one of these uh, sudden stratospheric warming events? So if we go back to 2013, and, and again, it was around about this time of year, kind of end of February, March time, we're just hopeful looking for spring coming, and then we saw a sudden stratospheric warming event, and it actually led to 15 days of prolonged cold weather, the coldest weather we've had since 1883. And then we go back prior to that, uh, December 1981, we had another spell of a sudden stratospheric warming that led to a very cold weather event. So, so they do happen. We do have links when we do have these sudden stratospheric warming events that lead to these very cold conditions that are quite prolonged as well across the UK. I seem to remember taking some time off school in around about that time because it was very, very snowy. Yes, probably. And uh, I think particularly, I, I grew up in Yorkshire, Richard, and we never had days off school. <laughs> of we had six foot of snow, we dug our way out, yeah, okay. but I'm sure down here you had yeah, lots of snow. Southern softies, yeah. <laughs> and people will want to be known again, they'll be checking the forecasts on their phone. Will it be a snow day? Can they get to work? Can they go where they've got planned at the weekend? And the models at the minute, the forecast you'll be looking at on your phone, it can actually be quite changeable still. And it's important to have the human input from a meteorologist as well. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think the detail of exactly what's going to happen is still very difficult at this stage. We're reasonably confident now that there's going to be a good cold snap, prolonged cold snap with temperatures, you know, even in the daytime, not getting much above freezing, 
hard frosts overnight, um, that wind chill with that easterly wind, you know, it's going to be bitterly cold. But actually, are we likely to see snow? How much snow? Where's it going to fall? The detail of that is very difficult at the moment. So it's really a case of watching the forecast over the next few days, the next couple of weeks. The conditions are right. It's cold enough to snow, but is there enough moisture? Because it's a very dry direction coming off the continent. You may pick up a little bit of moisture as that air goes across the North Sea. We may get weather systems trying to come in from the west and it buffers into that cold air. That could lead to significant snow. But exactly when, where and how much we're going to see, I think it's really difficult to, to pin down at this stage. The final question I guess is how can people prepare? I know Public Health England have said that people want to be heating their homes to at least 18 degrees Celsius, checking on family, friends and neighbours. Is there anything else people can be doing at this time just to stay safe, well and healthy? Yeah, and I think we know that this cold spell's coming, so there's things you can do in advance to, to prepare. And I think, you know, if, if we do get any heavy snowfall and the disruption that that might cause, it's really just being prepared for that as well. So, you know, getting some food stocks in, if you may be, you know, not able to get out to the shops to get things for a few days, then at least you've got supplies in. Making sure, as you said, just, just keeping an eye on friends and family who live on their own, maybe a little bit more vulnerable, susceptible to those lower temperatures, you know, the elderly, those with very young children, where their bodies tend not to regulate the heat as well as maybe younger, kind of fitter adults. Uh, it's just keeping an eye on people, just keeping a check out. But I think the key message, as I say, is keeping an eye on that forecast. We know the cold weather's likely to come now. It's whether we're going to get that snow and the impact that will have on people moving about. And the Met Office will issue weather warnings in the case of extreme weather on the way. Yeah, that's right. So there'll be weather warnings out almost certainly for ice, um, you know, because of the, the low temperatures uh, and icy conditions in the morning. We'll be getting back to used to maybe scraping the car before we set out in the morning, which we haven't done for a little while now. Um, but but uh, yeah, the warnings, if there are any significant weather events, any significant snowfall, there'll be weather warnings in place well in advance to, to give people an opportunity to prepare. Kind of exciting, really. Interesting to see how it turns out. It is. For some people, like me, definitely exciting. I guess f you've got to the end of a long winter. Most people are now hoping for a bit of spring, so yeah. it's a little bit of a backward step before we head into spring, unfortunately. One last blast of cold. Mm -hmm. But at least it will be clear skies, sunny. That's what you tend to get with these okay. high-pressure systems. So although it will be cold, it will be beautiful, clear skies, crisp. That yeah. always raises the spirits. Good. Okay. Thanks very much, Chloe. You're welcome, Richard. Um, you. Actually, you can probably tell us a bit more about um, some of the things that are coming up. Um, the Weather Photographer of the Year, for example. Yes, that's right. The Royal Meteorological Society, we run a weather photography competition. And on the 5th of March, we will be going into our third year. So if you have any lovely photos from the current cold spell, perhaps, maybe mm. a frosty car windscreen or a park covered in snow, do send them our way. The website is www.weather-photo.org. And there's lots of great prizes on offer. We usually offer cash prizes, uh, cameras. So, yes, if you're not into taking photography, you can still enjoy the photos and you can vote for your favourite when we come to decide. Yeah, and even camera phone photos are acceptable, aren't they? Oh, yeah, you don't need to have any technical equipment, sort of the fancy cameras out there. We've had winning images that have been taken on iPhones and time-lapse photography done on iPhones these days. So, yeah, just a lovely weather scene we're looking for. Great. It'll be interesting to see what comes in. Yeah, and I think looking at some of the winners from the last couple of years, 
winter scenes have definitely been in the mix. Uh, yeah, that Fogbo one was uh, Yeah, beautiful. Was great and, and, you know, some snow ones with sheep and things uh, kind of around. And we had a, a snow one in New York, New York as well. Yeah, the Flatiron building. That was yeah, lovely. absolutely. And the icicles. So the, the winter scenes, the winter weather that we're, we're likely to see over the next couple of weeks, prime time to get some great shots. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, so what else have we got coming up then, Liz? Yeah, so a couple of meetings I wanted to mention. We, we, got, we run our national meetings, which happen every month, and the March meeting taking place at Imperial College in London is on space, satellites and solutions. And it's really looking at how we collect climate data in the future. Uh, from space, from satellites. So that'll be a really interesting meeting. Um, we've also in March got a meeting in Manchester at the Manchester Metropolitan University, part of Science Week, and that takes place on the 15th of March. Um, and we're doing that jointly with the RHS. So the RHS last year launched their report on gardening in a changing climate, and we've been doing a number of events with the RHS over the last 12 months to promote that report and get the message out to the gardening community. And John Hammond, who you may remember, one of the BBC weather presenters who now um, co-runs uh, a company called Weather Trending. He's there speaking uh, at, at the event to talk about how the climate ha is changing and is likely to change and how gardeners can prepare. And then the final one I think is worth mentioning is we, um, we're running a career event at the Institute of Physics mm -hmm. um, on the 3rd of March. That's a Saturday. Uh, it's entitled, Do You Want to Be a Meteorologist? And it's pitched really for 14 to 18-year-olds who are interested in a career in weather, climate, meteorology, oceanography or related sciences. So if you're interested and you want to find out more for any of those meetings, I would visit the Society's website, which is www.armets.org. Great. Thanks very much, Liz. And thanks very much, Chloe. Thank and thanks very much for listening, everyone. See you soon.